Blog Talk Radio. Authority Radio with your host, Jeff Blue, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referee Steve Kane, and Statistic Sean David. Lock and low wrestling fans, it's time for war. Known as Jess Blue and Cole. And, and extremely and, happy yeah. about our Rush entrance. I'm sorry. I just, I, the, the whole Rush inner song, that's amazing. I love it. It's beautiful. Well, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, our guest for the evening is here. So uh, we are just going to go ahead and without any uh, further ado, we are going to bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, um, he is a. Uh, top-notch uh, producer and director, and you folks would know his name because you've heard it many times on this show as the uh, executive producer and director of GLOW. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Simber. Yay! Hello, Hello everyone. Hello. Hey, man, yes. thanks. Nice to have you. In hey. my living room. Hey, it's <laughs> nice to be it's nice to be had anywhere, Matt. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Amen. Amen. I'm uh, not used to do use in my in my my living room, but this is fun. Hey, that's great. We we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh I seriously wish we were in your living room because uh obviously uh for both of us, because I'm out in the Chicago area and uh, Jess is in Kansas, so we'd be in a lot warmer situation if we were over where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I could bring out my bikini. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's almost it's almost incredibly unfair. The rest of the country going through what it is, and today California, Southern California, it was wonderful. Hey. <sighs> Beautiful day. Beautiful. <laughs> now you know why the Los Angeles area is starting to sink. Because loads of people. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I I love your sense of humor, Matt. This is it's that's absolutely fabulous. Oh my gosh, oh I better watch it. I don't want to plug somebody else's show on our show here. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, well you know normally of course obviously we talk to uh, you know people who are actually people who are in the ring and that. So um, you are actually, in fact, the third person who has not been a direct in-ring person that we have had ever on our shows. We've had uh, Chet Kopic, who, of course, was the uh, um, is one of the most legendary sportscasters of all in Chicago, but he also was a uh, ring announcer for uh, Vince and um, – when Vince had his short-lived uh, WWF radio, um, Chet did play-by-play. Um, we've had Evan Ginsberg, um, who was uh, one of the producers of the legendary Mickey Rourke film, The Wrestler. And now tonight, we get you. So uh, I am definitely very happy, very pleased, and very honored that uh, you would uh, go ahead and join us this evening. I'm very happy to. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, you know um, telling April to uh, go ahead and have us contact you. That uh, that really that really means a lot. Uh, April's become a real good friend of mine, and uh, I'm just I'm so happy that uh, you know she worked it through that uh, you and I made the connection so we could do this tonight. Okay, absolutely. So, well, let's go ahead. Let's. Start and let's go off of the wrestling track because you know, yeah, um, fans know you for Glow, but you've got much more of a resume than just that. Um, so why don't you go ahead, kind of tell us a little bit about your background, how you even got interested in the entertainment business in the first place, and how you got your start, things like that. Well, I got my start, basically, uh, when I was about 14. I was taking classes at Carnegie Hall by accident. And mm. uh, and I went to college. I went to school to study my craft. And I got out when I was about 20, and I started directing plays in New York. Oh wow! And I, oh wow! And I was, very, I was very lucky to work with some very good people, and I've been lucky ever since. Actually, uh, of course, all my background is, you know, smoked down by glow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, all the movies I've made and written. The uh, right documentaries now people all they talk about with me is glow. So right. and I love glow. I really love glow and I love what's happened with the girls. I wasn't crazy about glow when I started. I had to have my arm oh. twisted to do it. But, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I never was a great wrestling fan. 
okay. I was homemaker, and my partner bought the Riviera Hotel, and he he got hold of a fellow named uh, David McLean, who had an mm-hmm. idea to do who had an idea to do women's wrestling, and uh, and he asked me to direct the pilot because it was going to take a lot of money, and he he had never worked with the other parties, but we okay. and I had done several films together, so I ended up doing Glow. And okay. Uh, okay. I, I, I didn't take the wrestling portion as serious, and I put comedy in it. Mm. And mm-hmm. he gave, gave the girls more or less kind of like comic book characters so mm-hmm. that uh, it changed the face of a lot of the image of women's wrestling. You know, when they first oh. told me about women's wrestling, I I imagined some woman in a 1940s bathing suit with a short-cut hair ready mm-hmm. to tear some apart with a grimace on her face, but uh, it turned out to be a lot better than now, and it's really grown over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some shows all over, and the girls right. are different. We had to beg girls to do GLOW, uh, to bring new characters. Today, they're mm-hmm. rushing at us. Yeah. And oh, also, my gosh. In I, all fairness... Yeah. That's me in the 1940s bathing suit, the butch haircut. That's more my image. No, I'm just kidding, but that's funny. Well, you know, if you remember or look at the old footage, that's what you see. Oh, yeah. Today, of course, the whole look is totally different. The girls are attractive, and many of them beautiful. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a, 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 they're more worldly, and uh, I think uh, communication through television has changed a lot. Okay, you know what? Yeah, that's now see, you know, that's that's something that I would definitely um, have to uh, get into here with that, um, because of course uh, when uh, when you and uh, now, your partner, you talk, we're talking uh, Meshlam Rickless, correct? Yeah. Okay, okay. And for those who don't know, uh, Meshlam uh, was the, like says, uh, owner of uh, the Riviera. He was also the husband of uh, Pia Zadora, the uh, famous actress. And so you can tell I'm one of those uh, Hollywood-type guys. I, I I love show business and that. I've I've been in wrestling for almost 30 years, but uh, I've, I've been a show business guy at heart. Um, but, uh, so, you know, let, let me back when... Yeah, go ahead. Let me interject that, uh, just as a note, whether you're aware of it or not, but Michelle Rickless died two days ago. No, I was not aware of that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. wow. He oh, died man, that's... in his in his native country of Israel, and he was 95 mm. years 
So he had wow. a good life. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good full life. So, oh my gosh, wow. Well, hey, sorry to hear that. Uh, definitely, though, you know, appreciate because uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, we have uh, all seen over the years is due in part to in part to uh, his ideas, his creativity, and his work, and of course, obviously, uh, um, the connections with you as well in those things. Um, so, um, okay, so let's. Yeah, we're starting to talk about the uh, the TV thing because back at that point um, when uh, you guys first developed Glow and had shot the pilot, there wasn't as there wasn't as large of a market for wrestling in general, let alone especially type program and that. Um, and so obviously, well, you guys had to. The WWE always did well. Mm-hmm. They were the center world of wrestling, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Hulk Hogan and you had uh, you had the big fellows. You know, I mean, I think uh, I think uh, he had a pretty good, large, kind of a very large portion of the uh-huh. uh, Nielsen's, You know. Right, right, yeah, and of course at that time because he had come up at that point um, with the idea of actually paying the stations to carry his show, which previous to that time had been totally unheard of, and so it was so so obviously you know he was changing he was changing the nature of how wrestling itself was even getting on TV and that. Um, and then um, you, know, you and David and uh, Mr. Rickless came across with this entirely different concept. Now, so talk to me a little bit uh, about uh, actually marketing GLOW to uh, potential, to potential uh, stations to actually purchase the program? Well, uh, they took it to Nappy. The first year we went to Nappy, we picked up a few stations. And and a lot of stations said, we'll try it. And we went out and produced 13 shows. And by the fourth show on the air... We we originally had three or four stations. By January, we had almost a hundred stations. That's awesome! Wow. Yeah, and because the show just caught on, at in the broadcast field, the people, you know, all know each other. They talk to each other. By by the time show number four hit. We were a rage. We were really flying. And we ended up with about, I guess, some 130 stations. Wow. Which in that day, in that day and age was really, that was, that was considered huge. I mean, cause that, cause all of a sudden, you know, this 
little product that uh, was being taped in a in a side room at uh, the Riviera in Las Vegas is suddenly uh, sweeping across the across the country. Um, independent stations all over were like just you know they 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 had to get their hands on this thing. They had to get the tapes into yes. into their into their you know into their plays into their playlists and that. But it wasn't just uh, independent stations. Uh, we were on a lot of network stations. We were mm. we were on we were on CBS stations, ABC, NBC, uh, independent, and uh, they were just screaming for the show because the show Not- was racking numbers in New York. We played New York on. Saturday at 12 noon and mm-hmm. Saturday 12 midnight. So we had oh, the wow. kids we had the kids at uh, 12, 12 o'clock and then we had the college students and the older crowd at 12 midnight. And in that combination at a station like CBS uh, that was on at our same hour they were doing Nielsen 2.2, 2.4, and they thought they had a winner. We were doing 7.6. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Especially in the winter, you know, when those weekends are snowy and rainy and everybody's inside. And the show yeah. just was bursting. Mm. Wow. It was hard to get up. It was very difficult to do musical numbers, comedy, action, wrestling, all in one week. We only had one hour every week we had to mm-hmm. deliver. And the the uh, uplink was on Thursday night. Okay. We were, we were shooting right up to the last minute, and we never missed... A cue. We made every one of our uplinks for all one hundred and four shows. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah, the and uh in New York the double show like that, like you say, you've got you get uh you got one audience at uh one time and then the other audience uh at the other time and man that uh that's that's just right. I mean, that's just amazing. Um, now, you know, yeah, go ahead, Jess, please. Yeah, my my question was like, now when you went to Nappy, I've I've been there before with television shows because uh, I've worked in the entertainment industry. And uh, so, did you have not only stateside? Were you international at that point in time, or did you just start out with uh, national broadcasting? Oh, just national. Our second year, they started uh, selling for it. Nice, nice. Because yeah. I know, well, I know when you go to Nappy, you meet everybody from everywhere. Um, when you have a television show that you're trying to sell, and uh, you have it, it's basically for people who don't know what Nappy is. It's it's kind of like a trade show for television shows, and you basically 
have your own little booth and people can stop by and get a little clip of your show or you give them a DVD or whatever it is and you have you build your own little pamphlets, your own little things and basically sell your show to the buyers and the buyers come in and look at all the shows that are out for the for the the new shows that are out basically. And so uh and that goes for a national market as well as an international market. And so uh, I, that's why I was just wondering, like, when we did ours, we had huge international international uh, interest, but no national interest on in our show. So our show went international, but it did not go national. Right. It was bizarre. That could happen. That could happen. But international money is international money. <laughs> right. But, you know, hey. in the 80s, uh, internationals was not really as popular as it is today. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially with a show like Glow, none of the foreign uh, countries have budgets to do that kind of film. That kind right. of show was like, you know, but we, you know, more more than anything else, the girls brought the personality. Uh, we went to Nappy, and we had a small ring, and everyone from Oprah Winfrey to all the TV stars were coming over to the ring to take pictures with them. How awesome. Wow. Yeah, and that, that talks up a show, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So from the very first Nappy, the girls were successful. They they were talking up the show. They were in costume. They had great personalities, and they they just made it happen. That's amazing. Mm. Wow, wow. Now, um, obviously, of course, Al originally um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the first crew was uh, trained by uh, Mondo Guerrero and that. Um, did you ever actually uh, sit in on the training sessions and watch and see how the how the training was done and how and how they were you know getting taught uh, to do all the moves in that? Well, excuse me. Over a period of four years and five hundred matches. I would say yes. Uh, you know, I've seen the training. I watched a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I watched her when the girls talked and went through moves. And mm-hmm. but, can I train a girl? No, I wouldn't even attempt it. <laughs> we, you know, you know what was amazing that happened with Glow. Please yes, tell you us. Had, you had Guerrero. In the beginning, I never met him. Okay. By the time he came in, he was gone uh, before the pilot. What mm-hmm. was amazing is that we had several girls who were so good and picked up on it so quickly, they were teaching, you know, uh, Lightning uh, was a character. Uh then we had Ninoska, mm-hmm. the uh, They were so good, and they were teaching. 
and our job was to give every match a storyline. Mm-hmm. More, not just a, a movement line, not just uh, uh, the, the matching of the physical wrestling, but an actual storyline. So you got caught up into how the thing was going to come out. And it wasn't by just slamming each other around, but it was, you know, we did a Gestapo match, you know. Uh-huh. We had the bad girls coming in with the flag and then the good girls coming in with the flag. Uh, we did we did uh, a flag match, you know. Whoever won got to tear up the other one's flag. I mean, you, you got the audience more than just with a hero, but more with the characters involved in the match. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's what... Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's great. Yeah, keep going, Jeff. That's great. And I was going to say, that's, that's great. And as somebody who works in a ring almost every weekend, uh, actual good match has a storyline because you build up a story and if there's not a story between there's no reason why they should be wrestling I mean you know I mean you get tired of this guy wants to beat up this guy but when there's a storyline it draws you in and you want to know why this guy is the bad guy or why this person is the good person and what the beef is and, you know, who called whose mama what. And, you know, like it, it, it's, it makes for a great, it draws, it draws your crowd in, it draws more audience in. So that's, I mean, even, even in a independent match on the independent circuit, it's still a, uh, a draw as something that should happen on a regular basis, not just with a TV show. So that's that's a that's a great thing. Yeah. The only thing is, the TV gives you more chance for latitude. You could start with something in the dressing room. You could take her. You know, we had girls who got into wars. Uh, they dragged uh, McLean, who was the uh, ring announcer. They dragged him down the escalator of the Riviera Hotel right on a, on a Saturday night. They dragged him right out onto Las Vegas Boulevard. We had the cameras <laughs> running, and uh, it, and they were battling out there, you know. So it, it, it gives you a little more, uh, a little more latitude. Hmm. And and with the invention and the use of modern-day Internet, we still have that sort of, you know, especially with Facebook because everybody is dialed into Facebook and the fans are dialed into Facebook of, of independent circuits and that sort of stuff. So, like, uh, wrestlers can make promos against each other and make posts against each other. I mean, we're currently we're currently in a big battle in Kansas right now, and uh, uh, I, somebody made a post tonight comparing me to the Mucinex germ from the Mucinex commercial, and it was absolutely hilarious. And all the fans are posting on it and laughing on it, and 
you know, it just it's it's basically building this heat between me and this other person for a match that's coming. You know, so it's 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 drawing drawing a fan base in. So luckily, the internet has brought that a long way. <laughs> yes, I, I would imagine it's a very good usage is to use yeah. them as promotion. You know. Mhm. Now, um, how now how much um, latitude, how much uh, improvising was done with situations like that, Matt? I mean, where you know, like you're talking about uh, the girls dragging uh, David down the escalator and then uh, tossing him out onto uh, Las Vegas Boulevard and starting to pound on him and that. Well, those of you know, there's a, in fact, I would say a great deal uh, is improvised because what we tried to do was instill in the girls to understand what their characters are and what their mm-hmm. character and the latitude of their characters and how they're involved with the other people. Uh, I mean, we had some some strict rules where we didn't allow the good girls to talk to the bad girls, you know? Right. Uh, and there, there were, so that there was always a freshness when they go into the ring, you know? Uh, they didn't have coffee with this girl an hour before they're in the ring with each other. Well, no, that's clear, Dave, and that's, that's, we're supposed to do that. We're not supposed to... Uh... The the good the good guys and the bad guys aren't supposed to be seen together, let alone drive together or work out on the matches or talk on each other's Facebook posts or that sort of thing. Still, so that's still something that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were, uh, we were doing that in uh, 1985 and 86 and 87. Beautiful. And and, and it sticks, you know. And uh, the whole idea. Uh, you know, it's so easy to make a match work when you have you have a girl who's extremely right wing and who uh, uh, is going to have a match with a girl who is called Sounder. She's one of the, the that was not born in America but grew up in America and may have to go. And so we brought in a lot of political, we brought in a lot of sociological things. Uh, we kind of looked at the world. Um, I created a character called uh, the Princess of Darkness. She was the daughter of the devil. And she caused a row of this country like you wouldn't believe. Uh, they had birthday. <laughs> To the devil with the with the candles that wouldn't blow out. Uh, <laughs> she she taught the bad girls how to um, how to deal with uh, the good girls in terms of you know you you put your potion together and you take a you take the eyelid you know from a frog and you take the eyebrow. <laughs> You know, and you put it in, so that all of it was there. Also, the 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 uh, the Cold War was still a big deal, and we had right. a, we had we had a phenomenal girl. I mean, one of the great stars of Glow, 
wasn't there Nochka, uh, mm-hmm. who could who, who choreographed our dance numbers, who uh, who absolutely could do whatever out there. Uh, he he had a, a secret agent named uh, that 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 she was was plotting against America. Everything that they would do was so stupid and wrong. It showed how they misinterpreted America. Uh, we had a girl who, uh, Malibu, who was this very sexy West Coast blonde, and all the people in the East Coast all think everybody in the West Coast is stupid. And in, in California, and she'd come on the air with just a camera tight shot. And she said, uh, oh, oh uh, well, duty, duty, duty. If a person <laughs> from New Jersey is called a Jerseyite, then a person from Paris must be a parasite. So she's letting, <laughs> letting the East Coast people know, as intelligent as you are, you still have an irregular uh, grammatical language. In any event, there were much of these things, and, and we attacked whatever. Uh, we had everybody. After I had, I had the. Uh, uh, we created the the the, the housewives. Uh, oh yes. Who, who were two ladies that came in bathrobes with cream on their faces, and they had uh, kitchen type weapons to beat up the girls with. You know, and oh yeah, and of course they were from Second Avenue in New York or New Jersey, and they talked like this, you know, and they were very New York, and we managed to arouse a lot of people with that one. I mean, we had things that were, you know, we were the first ones to burn the American flag in the ring. Mm. Uh, yes, oh yes, I remember that. Oh, that yeah. was a big one. <laughs> and and the point is that, uh, yeah, but what people didn't, uh, you know, what what saved us was the people who were burning the flag were the bad guys, and the people right. who saved it were the good guys. So we always had the good bad uh, uh, plot going. Uh, we had a woman from. Uh, her name was Big Bad Mama. And oh yeah. She was she was from New Orleans, and she used to do um, magical kind of uh, um, putting people under spells and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, obeying certain things. Yeah. So a lot of it had all of that. That that was the thing that kept the crux of the show going. So that mm-hmm. what what we were, we were the wrestling hee-haw. We were the wrestling uh, laughing. Uh, so that we were able to make fun of anything. And yet, what was superior was how wonderful the girls were. How how girls who never had never had great athletic agility. Some of them, uh, some like uh, oh, like Godiva. Godiva was a 
was a, a, a gymnast in high school. Mm-hmm. She's a tremendous uh, athlete. So the wrestling part came came from her. But, you know, to this day, there are people who really think that the girl doing Godiva really is British. Her British accent was so perfect. So yeah, yeah. All, all of it, all of these things added up to it, you know? And we had a girl named Spanish Red who was fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a girl named Cher who was an Indian. Right, and, right. And they passed Indian remarks and they passed. Nothing was safe. Nothing was yeah. sacred, but it was respected. And the point mm-hmm. is that, you know, I, I'll tell you the interesting thing in those days, I never had a person complain about, you know, about anything, I have one very bad thing with with uh, about the Princess of Darkness, which was very interesting. I had there was a man in Tennessee, a preacher, who had an enormous following that went over seventeen states. He called wow. out, he called our distributor, and this guy was on television every set Sunday morning. He called our distributor and said, you know, I have influence with 7-Up, who sponsors your show in a lot of areas. I'll get your sponsor. So the the distributor called me and said, Matt, just talk to him, okay? So one night, this man called me from Tennessee, and he says, Mr. Simber, and he was very polite, uh, and he said, Mr. Simber, he said, thank you for talking to me. He said, but I have to warn you in advance, every week from the pulpit, I talk against your show. And he said, no matter what, he says, I know they're just going to go out and watch it anyway. You know? And I said, uh-huh. And he said, but I have to tell you, there's one character that uh, is very difficult for us to have to deal with He said that's that princess of darkness He said uh, Now I want you to know With all kinds of complaints That I got I never dropped the character And he said You know that princess of darkness I said preacher He said you know After all you guys Got Sunday morning all trapped Don't you think In the American way the devil should have equal time to present his <laughs> and, and I, the poor guy, I thought he was going to croak on the phone when I said that. <laughs> oh, my you know, But you know what I did? I dropped the character. You know, because sometimes mm. you might that envelope a little too far. Although the character yeah. was so popular, so I took the girl who was doing that and I made her vampire, and they brought her in the ring in a coffin, you know, and all the games. So, it, you know, we just had a lot of incidents like that, but mm-hmm. we had tremendous performers. We had a handful of performers 
that were just, they developed into something incredible. And these were girls who walked in the door. In fact, we had to hook them in because nobody wanted to do, no actresses wanted to do this kind of show. We had people right. like Hollywood. Hollywood came in. She she was not an athlete. She was never an actress. She worked in a lab drawing blood from people. Right. She became became one of our biggest stars. I mean, unbelievable. Mm. You know? I mean, uh, if you saw this girl who had a hard time doing her rap the first time, I eventually had her leaping up uh, on the corners of the ring and doing a speech into the camera that went to every station. They kept asking for more where she kept telling the kids, don't use drugs, you don't need them. And it became so Uh popular, it was incredible. So uh, that was, you know, those were the kinds of things that made the show go. Uh, You know, it, it wasn't just the wrestling. But what always amazed me, if you ask me what was the most amazing thing, was how some of these girls developed comic timing. You know, we had uh-huh. we had different characters playing waitresses. You know, waitress, waitress. You know, there's a bug in my coffee. Ah, how much could a bug eat? You know, and bang, <laughs> hit the pie in the face. So it yeah. had that. It, these were the flavors that made the show. And I don't know any other wrestling show. This certainly have been tried by several people. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know any other women's wrestling show. Television has to have. I mean, you, you know, the American people are very stringent about when they like something, they want the best of it. You know, we don't, in this country, we don't settle for second best and say that's it. They like the best of everything. You know, they want a a speed car. They don't care that it's foreign, but a Ferrari is the greatest in the world. So, but what happens is, you know, when you watch men's wrestling, and I don't want to insult your co-host there, and I don't mean, I'm, I'm not saying this. As an insult, when, you know, and I'm not a wrestling fan, but I'm always hey. amazed when I pick up something on men's wrestling and I see how, how and I'm a big football fan, how I okay, see cool. these fly through the air, land on the, land outside, hit each other with chairs, I mean, and not the breakaways, and, and how athletic. I'm convinced that male wrestlers are the best athletes, male athletes in the world. Yeah, they're amazing to watch. Now, if I'm going to say, you know what, I really want to watch wrestling, where am I going to choose? We're talking about a broad base. You know, it's like hockey. You can't sell hockey on television, but you can sell it in person. Now you watch beautiful girls start pulling each other's hair out or, or doing all the fancy moves that the men do, but they don't do quite as good. And, uh-huh. and, 
And and I have to tell you, if I want to watch good wrestling, I watch the men. Okay. So so my whole my whole thing is that television is a broad base. You can get a group of women, really terrific women, and put on a great advertised show, and you'll have a packed house, and they'll love the show. But you mm-hmm. can't put it. You can't put it on television and expect to get any kind of ratings. Okay. So, okay. This is you know this is the the the, the nuts of it all is that mm-hmm. you know uh, it's very difficult. When I first saw uh, the uh, when we were shooting the pilot, and I had. We had a, a character, a uh, huge lady named Matilda. I, I named her Matilda the Hunt. She didn't like it. Yes. Uh, in the beginning, oh. she's a very large lady and a terrific mm. lady, yes. by the way, a really terrific woman. And I had yes. another very smaller person, and they were having a match. And at one point, she was... Uh, uh, Matilda was up against the turnbuckle, and the other girl ran and dove into her midsection, and it mm-hmm. almost looked like bounced off her, literally yeah. bounced off. And when I was watching it in the, when I was watching it on the uh, uh, in the editing room, I saw mm-hmm. that her. St- going in and out, so I slowed it down to slow motion. And when mm-hmm. you watch it in slow motion, it was hilarious. Oh so my gosh. That's, when, that's when I started saying, wait a minute, guys, we got to start putting the humor all the way through here, not in everything. I mean, we, I, you know, we had some, uh, we had a girl that we called uh, Tina Ferrari. She she went yeah. on to the WWE uh, uh, and was a fabulous wrestler. She brought in that wonderful quality of being a really good wrestler. But you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately, unless you got something really going, after you watch right. the same matches two weeks in a row, you start seeing the same moves. You start mm-hmm. seeing the same, you know, and, uh, and television won't handle that. It just won't handle. Mm-hmm. You got those so. Nielsen's. Those Nielsen's are the whole name of the game. You know, right. You kind of get right. the advertisers are getting their money's worth. And that's really important. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, because, all right, now, you know, starting to mention some of the people. I mean, you mentioned uh, Deanna Boer, Matilda the Hun, um, Jeannie Hollywood, who we've had on, who is still involved in the industry, and that um, we've had Egypt, of course, we've had uh, Godiva. Um, she's absolutely fabulous. Um, and then, of course, uh, the late uh, Emily Dole, Mountain Fiji, who was probably, I think, one of the most loved characters that uh, that you guys had on GLOW. 
um, Al. Now, she are, of she course, and she also, yeah, go ahead. She, she certainly was loved by me, you know? I threw all the attention when she when she started when she came in and she opened her mouth and started talking and gave her out with that fabulous personality. Uh, I said, okay, if I have to pick a number one, the, the person most central to to be a glow girl, it was her. All three hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm of her and there was a lot of mumbling and murmuring among the girls like you know uh, we had a lot of beauties on the show <clears throat> including uh, uh, several of the girls you had Americana you had Susie Spirit you had a partner uh, uh, you had Godiva very beautiful girls but I wanted I wanted her. I wanted Mount Fiji. Because mm-hmm. the minute she opened her mouth in a close-up, you know the people out there were going to listen and be charmed by her. And mm-hmm. that was the whole point of the of the whole thing. So, <clears throat> when you mentioned her, uh, yes, she uh, she was very special. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I mean, she also had quite an athletic background. I mean, she was um, a uh, Olympic, uh, yeah, shot putter and that. Um, So, definitely, I mean, my gosh, it's just, you know, to sit there and think, you know, how somebody like that wound up becoming, you know, I mean, to this day, uh, and, uh, and that's one of the amazing things about Glow is that all these years after the original series has been off the air, and um, you know, I mean, obviously, and, we'll, and we're going to talk about the Netflix uh, in uh, just a minute here. Um, and that is that uh, it's really it's developed a cult following. I mean, you look at uh, some of the you know pages on uh, Facebook that are dedicated to to Glow, um, the fan pages that the girls themselves have uh, put up, and that it's just, it's amazing how big the show still is, or in fact even has maybe gained more in the years since it's been gone than even during its, uh, you know, the height of its popularity. Exactly. That's true. That is yeah. really true. I'm glad <clears throat> that's a very positive thing about the mm-hmm. Netflix film, that it certainly drew a, and threw a lot of attention on all the girls, and they deserve it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been a, a, a wonderful innovation for them. Uh, I think, well, uh, my, my my only my only grouch about the Netflix Glow was that I don't know why they had to call it Glow. It really isn't Glow. Right. Right. 
And I don't know what. All they had to do was call it Schmo. And the, if it's a good show and it takes place in the uh, 1980s or 19 whatever, and it's got these characters and this thing and it's there, there's nothing wrong with it. So people could say, oh, yeah, I remember there was a show kind of like this, you know? Right. So, right. So that was that was my only thing. Why did you have to take the name Glow? Yeah. Then we learned how many Glow fans were still out there. You know? Mm-hmm. And that and that showed that maybe their marketing was correct. Right, right. And it's and it's and I mean it's definitely and it's and its audience is really a very, you know, the glow, the glow fandom is very universal. I mean, I, you know, we've had, we've had, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of the girls on in that. And we noticed that, uh, when, uh, we do then, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of the, uh, of the, uh, fans that, uh, are gay that, uh, will tune in and listen to us because they just, they connect so much to, to the glow girls and that, and they, and the Glenn, the glow girls accept them just as oh, much as, you know, normal, you know, normally, uh, you know, anybody would accept anybody in, uh, in today's society and that it's just, it's you know it's the glow fandom has just really become a big melting pot. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, and the and the other thing too on on this Matt and this is you know I mean I could I can I could send you links to all the you know shows that uh, the girls have been on with us and that. And the and the and the big thing throughout all of those all of these interviews that we've had with all these girls is their love for you. I mean, they to this day speak of you and speak about you in such glowing terms that it's just you know, it's it's a it's amazing to hear them Oh, talk about you and tell the stories about you with the with the amount of love and respect that they have for you to this very day. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, I have to tell you, um, I adore them, and sometimes I'm a little tough on them, but mm-hmm. the one thing always dreamed would happen I always thought you know these girls went on the tonight show and they were terrific they went on game shows they went on serial shows I mean they just had this great and I was hoping that one of them or two of them three of them would just hit Hollywood big time because every one of them had the material for it. Every one of them. And I don't mean uh, just Americana or, or uh, Godiva as beauties 
to have to make it, but as characters, you know, I mean, most movies have two good-looking leads. Right. The rest of characters, you know, and and mm-hmm. they and, and these girls could handle anything. By the time they got past their first two, three shows, they they were ready to handle anything. They could handle dialogue. They could handle, It was amazing. And mm-hmm. so, if I I have any disappointment, not in them, but in the business, I always felt they should have been more. Because I, I you know, we did acting classes. We did three word plays. Uh, a couple of the girls are terrific writers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, MTV is a hell of a writer. And and you know, I wanted things to happen for them. Because, uh-huh. you know, I, you know, most of my, in fact, if not all of it, after I left New York and, and doing Broadway, when I came to California, it became movies, not even television. And so I grew up through Hollywood, making uh-huh. films and eventually doing the TV shows. And, and I know that and every one of them, had something, you know, I had a girl named who, who, who could have been on any half hour comedy show. Uh, 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 she, she played a character called Beastie and she was yes. one tone. She was one tone and damn it. She was hysterical and she could have been the upstairs neighbor. She could have been, you know, a cop somewhere. It was difficult she had, she, you know, all of them had a quality. Every one of them had a quality because that's how they made it on the show. And only the losers yep. backed out. Yeah, out of 75 girls, we had five or six or seven losers, you know, who either ran away or just faded away, you know. But the good right. ones, boy, they shone. They just shot. You know, uh, oh. and me, it's like uh, that. And, and I don't want to be disappointed. I just want to say that I wish a couple of them had really scored, you know, in the TV uh, film business. Because yeah, they have well, the talent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you talk about Beastie, which uh, I owe that young lady a call. It's been a while since I've. Uh, called her and talked to her. She is just an absolute delight. Um, we've had her on the show as well. I mean, we've, we've, we've had a, we've had a lot of the roster on here, Matt, and it's just, and it's just so amazing. And that, uh, and I think, you know, like you say, well, the, uh, the Netflix show has definitely brought back attention. Um, I, I, I remember my wife found the documentary on uh, on Logo before the Netflix show was even discussed, and it you know it obviously it had been so many years since I you know seen the show and any of the girls, so it was it was great to sit there and watch and kind of see you know what uh, how they you know what they thought as the you know as the years have passed since the you know show had been on the air and that and 
yeah, it's just and it's just amazing. And then to sit there and turn around and now start to talk to them on a regular basis, and they hadn't be able to sit there and call these people my friends. It's just like, wow, you know, and just you know, it's it's all due to what you and uh, Michelle Merkelis and uh, um, David McLean put together. And that, so it's just, you know, it's really something. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, now April has mentioned, and so I wanted to kind of go ahead and uh, twist into this, is the fact that you're now, that you're now finally going to go ahead and do sort of a reworked version of your, of this of this format. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us, you know, at least what you can tell us about um, what uh, what you're going to be doing, and that kind of maybe you know give us a little a little teaser if you if you would to um, you know give the give, a, give the potential audience here something to kind of look forward to, and that. Well, uh, yeah. We are putting together, you know, um, it happened over the half. We have revival happening all over of shows from the 70s and 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. Hawaii, the shows, the action. So, so why not glow? If all these shows right. are coming back, then. so what we've done, we've put together some terrific uh, terrific content characters. I mean, really, and it's really a, a kind of a wild bug. We're developing them now, and through training. Uh, and I have to tell you, they're looking really good. So that uh, now, uh, you know, and everybody says to us, well, you can't do what you did back then. The answer to that is who's sick? Now, <laughs> so, so what What we're going to do, we have to find our niche. We have to find our, our place to go. You see, I had a great situation with Rickless. Uh-huh. Right. They, they needed, they needed 500 thousand or so to do 13 shows then, okay? And he said, I'm not going to put up that money unless who? So he put up the money and he said, you're in charge. I had no network. I had no uh, 22-year-old from Yale coming and telling me that won't play right. Uh, I didn't have anybody above me. I made okay. all the final decisions, all the things, and so we got away with murder, you know? Even though we were on network stations around the country, nobody except, you know, the few people I mentioned that we had a problem with in terms of content. Right. So I have to find the niche, and I, you know, as soon as I talk to people, I them before you know it, they're telling me how to do it, mm-hmm. and that's not going to work. Yeah, 
So I have to find, and we are in the process of doing that right now, where I'm going to bring them on the national scene, and hopefully it's fairly soon, we're going to put national scene, and you'll start seeing the characters uh, in a more in this more contemporary show. Now, oh, wow! Aside from that, the original Glow Girls will also partake in the show. Mm. So we're going to do a retro section of the original Glow Girls with their original footage. And that's going to be wow. dynamite. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, going to be a I just I, I I love it. I I just I love this because now you'll be able to, you know, bring the bring the fans that uh were, you know, like me that are still around that saw the original and then add a add a new era of fans who you know, just understand the name from uh from the Netflix series and maybe what they can find on YouTube and that and just and just go ahead and give them something to to look for and that I just I I'm I'm loving this concept man just right now right off uh just just from just from this alone my gosh so well um that and of course I've got a total leadership you know I'm gaining <laughs> here I get older and my energy but I've got a couple of people behind this show who are really mm-hmm. good, and they understand it very well, and they'll get it out. You know, they'll get it out the way I intend for it to happen. We still got, uh, well, we got Steve Blands. It was uh-huh. Steve Blands. Was I mean, it was. You couldn't put a price on Steve Bush. He was so fantastic as a referee and as a writer. Right. Got, like I said, we've got uh, 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 Elaine, who is going to be Dynamite. She was MTV. We've got right. uh, Lightning, uh, Lightning, who... Uh, uh, Cheryl uh, 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 training, and she's also appearing as a character and so I'm going to work oh, wow. a lot of more yeah I'm going to work a lot more of the old girls I don't hate to say old girls of the original girls <laughs> in the show but as a retro uh-huh. <clears throat> so look back at the 80s show. oh man I I I love this. I love this. This uh, this is sounding so good. Um, now uh, now is now do you have um, any sort of any sort of timetable that uh, you can tell us as far as um, how soon before we can start to possibly be seeing these girls starting to show up on. Uh, on TV and somewhere, and that. 
Well, very soon. I'll tell you that very soon. <laughs> I mean, you you waited you waited what thirty years now for it? Yeah, you <laughs> could wait, that's you, true. You could, wait, you could wait another month or so. I'd say a month and a half. Okay, folks, you heard it here first. A month, a month and a half, and uh, we're going to start to see the uh, the next generation that uh, that uh, Matt Zimmer and company are going to uh, put out. Um, you know, I've obviously, you know, Matt, since, you know, now that uh, we've got uh, each other's numbers, I would love when you start to really get this uh, – down to that point, maybe uh, we can figure something out to where we can get some of the girls on this show. Because I would love to have, I'd love to have some of them come on. Because hey, we, you know, I mean, obviously, we love wrestling. Um, well, three out of our three out of the four hosts are wrestling people. I mean, we are, you know, in the business, have experience in the business, so. What we want to do is we want to promote wrestling, and so any chance that we can do that to help strengthen the strengthen the the industry, we're always well, happy to do that. Well, well let me tell you, uh, all the wrestling should appreciate people like you because it it helps get the word out to the audience, and you have it without. All. So great, and you have a great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm. I this. This is definitely great. I, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, like I say, because obviously we've had a lot of the girls on. We've had April. Um, we've had. We've had. Uh, we've had the Walenskis. Um, who of course were uh, both the housewives and the heavy metal sisters, and that um, uh, Jeannie Hollywood has been on here. Eileen MTV. Um, let, let me let me tell you about the Walenskis. They are two incredibly creative people. They are, I mean, they're more than just actresses. They are so creative. It's incredible. Those two girls. Everything they accomplished, and I say they accomplished, I was just sitting there encouraging them. But I have to tell you, they were creative. They have a rap with one another that belongs on the stage in Vegas. I always said that. The two of them are hysterical. Oh, yeah. They have some of the best comic timing. You could ever imagine. They're lousy wrestlers, which they're very proud of. <laughs> yes, they they have, they admitted as much on our show. So yes. <laughs> yeah, you want to know something? I never wanted yeah. them to be good. I wanted them to come pops. They came out with the mop, with the brooms, and they were hitting everybody. And they had a great attitude. God, I love them. Just, oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and then and then of course, um, you know, as the uh, as the heavy metal sisters, I mean, with the chainsaw, 
the uh, the flaming hoop and some of the other crazy things that they used to do. That's what I was talking about. What great characters they were, and I wish Hollywood had picked them up for some stuff. You know, I mean, there was a place for that. You know, because their characters, they, I mean, they have, and you know, ninety nine percent of what they did, uh, they made it. That was their, their raps. They just had everything so good, and. You know, uh, I mean, when I think back to the things that flash at me, you know, yeah. uh, they and the Nochka, and, and uh, uh, they just were so alive. And we had the little intellectual girl, Marie. Yes. Uh huh. Marie Zelda uh, the brain. Yes. Matilda, oh my gosh. Yeah. He was fantastic. And the way she was like a rubber band. You threw her on the floor and she bounced right back. She was incredible. She was incredible. And she made up a lot of her own stuff as well. Wow. Wow. This is this is great. I mean, I'm I Jess, I don't know about you, but I am learning a lot of stuff tonight about about uh Glow, just uh just sitting here and listening to Matt uh Tell us about this. I'm just oh, it's absolutely wow. fascinating, and I I actually am a fan of him for other reasons as well. Um, I'm a fan of a couple of his movies. Uh, he was also married to James Mansfield, so you know he's 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 just a fascinating man all the way around. Well, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> you made my case. And just keep in mind, I just turned eighty three. Fantastic! You are you are amazing for 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 your age. You are just you are just amazing, Matt. Um, your energy level is just fantastic. Um, I, well, I I got, hope I, I got a wife, yeah I got a wife who shoves me. Believe me, she shoves me out the door. <laughs> says work. You know, I tried to retire. <laughs> Yeah. And I make him keep working. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yay for oh, the wife. Yay. <laughs> yes. And you know, you know why, don't you? Because my wife is the senior vice president of CBS television. Wow. She's been a television executive for 32 years. She was vice president of Paramount Pictures. She's uh, at CBS. She's a senior vice president. And so she's driven. Of course, I'm a little bit older than she is. So, but she's driven. But she says, no, you're not. She's just telling you to keep up. That's it. She's telling you to keep up. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I'm a very driven woman myself. So nothing but half off to her. And a good woman pushes a good man. That's how it works. Okay. Yes, it is. All right. And I have to tell you, I just signed an agreement to direct Snoop Dogg in a new film based on one of my uh, older films called The Candy Tangerine Man. Which happens to be Samuel Jackson's favorite movie, just for the record. I, I happen to. 
I, because I, you know what, I do my homework when I, you know, know that there's somebody coming out in the world and whatever, I, I do my research and, you know, he said we were going to talk to you. I wasn't going to come to the table un, un, you know, unprepared. Well, let me tell you, I'm very excited about that as well, but I can't speak that about it yet. That is awesome. But when, oh when, the time, when the time is right, when you, and by the way, just me, what I learned is that Snoop is a huge wrestling fan. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Right. He well, of course, his, right. Well, of course, his, uh, his cousin is um, WWE star uh, Sasha Banks. Right, right. And, right. and so, and so I didn't he know actually, that. Uh, yes, yes. Well, you know, because a few years ago with uh, WrestleMania, he came out with her uh, for her entrance and actually uh, did uh, did the uh, uh, did the rap for uh, for her uh, entrance music and that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. In any event, so there's a lot happening and a lot to do. What could I tell you? You keep you keep going at it, and like I said. And, and my wife just got home, and the first thing she did was make me some soup. Now, I can't tell people. They don't understand when I tell them, you don't understand. My wife is an executive vice president of CBS Television, and she still makes me fresh soup. So That's, that's awesome. That tells you something. You're only going to live long if you eat healthy. <laughs> okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, but that's oh, it. That's that's awesome. This is and boy, that's that's big, folks. Uh, you heard it here first tonight. Uh, so, and obviously, you know, Matt can't say much more about it than what he just did. But uh, oh, one of those uh, great uh, cult classic films is now going to get a reboot with the D O double G himself. Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is just I mean you are you are a man full of surprises, my friend. I am just I am just knocked out here. <laughs> oh my gosh. So well, you know what? Since your wife just got home and she's making you dinner and everything, you know, um, I mean, I know I'd love to keep talking to you, but obviously, you know, hey, you want to spend some time with her and that. So we'll go ahead. We will let you go. Oh, and you uh, know, you other questions, I'm happy to answer them. Oh, well, well if, just, you're, if you're okay, we're we're good to, you know, we're good to keep going. I mean, we've got like another 40 minutes of airtime. So uh, if you're if you're happy to be here and fill it, we're happy to have you stay with us. So I mean I'm just I'm just jealous that you have hot soup because uh I'm in Kansas where it's negative five degrees with a negative twenty five degree oh. wind chill and I fixed oh. my man a bologna sandwich and said I have a talk show tonight. Sorry about your luck. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I grew up in New York and I have to tell you I I can't go back 
access to living in the snow and the rain and the cold. I don't want to go into a restaurant, have to take my boots off, my overcoat, my scarf, my gloves, and then have that feeling of the wet feel, no matter how big your umbrella is. I have to tell you, I just can't go back to it anymore. I, 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 I I mean, I'm astounded at the amount of people who actually, you know, uh, uh, Steve Blance lives in New York. And Steve, Steve, the other day he was telling me, Matt, you can't believe the windshield factor took it below zero. He said, I said, how do you do that, Steve? He said, well, he said, I put on my boots. I got this one coat I put on. I put another coat on. Then I have this hat. I mean, my God. You, California, one thing, I'm not crazy about California, but I have to tell you, when it comes to the weather, it just can't be beat. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree here. with you that. I have to agree with you that. I, I lived in yeah. California for eight years, loved it, was in L.A. all the time. I actually hate L.A. I, I'm sorry, I hate to say that. I hate L.A. because what I didn't like about L.A., and, and people, people, this is the Midwest girl in me coming out, is that nobody in L.A. is happy with being who they are. Every valet you meet has a script in their back pocket or their mixtape or whatever. They want to be something else. Every director wants to be a producer. Every producer wants to be. <laughs> nobody is happy with their lot in life. You never meet somebody who is a janitor and says, hey, I'm happy with being a janitor. Everybody has aspirations to be something else, and it just nobody is happy with their lot in life. I, I, from my experiences, because I worked I worked with Capitol Records for a while down there and, and such, so I, I just never, never found people who were just happy with being who they were. And, and so, and I lived, and I always made the commute because I lived in Reading, so I always drove 10 hours to L.A. because I just couldn't stand being in L.A. Uh-huh. I understand. And you, and you defined it exactly right. Uh, that's <clears throat> it. But one of the reasons why people come here is that they don't have to be who they are. They could be better or at least try to be better. That's why we've got so many arts in this town. It's a hard town. The business it is, is a hard, but, hard business. But see, I, I live in Kansas City, which is the home of the home of jazz. We birth the blues. We, you know, have the Chiefs. We have the Royals. We uh, are the home of the Negro Baseball Leagues. We have so much culture here. And um, I can actually afford to live here, and I can be on a plane and be anywhere in the United States in three hours. And so I, and being that we're independent, my my significant other and I are independent wrestlers, we travel uh-huh. all over the country. And so, you know, it's a great it's a great starting place to go any direction because <laughs> it's right in the middle. I know. So I know. I, and you've got Mr. Hunt. True. 
true. We actually have quite a few celebrities that actually call Kansas City home. So it's it's and I love it. I love the culture here, and we have barbecue. We have great we, barbecue. So I, like I, and steak. Great barbecue. Great barbecue. And you know, the, the Glow Girls appeared in Kansas City once, and we had one. Oh yeah, before you were born, probably, but. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we played we play, we play the arena in Kansas City. And Kansas City was a place where we had maybe the best fun. The, the, I, I'll tell you the tangerine, the, the, tangerine, the candy tangerine man came out the year I was born, believe it or not. <laughs> that's true. That's really wonderful. <laughs> So, so I'm a little bit older than I sound, but, but, and, and oh. to be still active in the ring and still active in the business at my age is pretty, uh, pretty awesome because, uh, I, we, we beat up kids half our age and it's awesome. <laughs> you know, just recently, um, I realized how many organizations, independent organizations of wrestling there is in this country. It's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've got to tell you, Kansas City's a hotbed. Kansas is a hotbed for independent wrestling right now. We've got like eight independent organizations, four of which work together. And I mean, like right now, there's like 60 independent shows booked for this year just in Kansas alone. That's tremendous. Yeah, it's that's, crazy. That's in Southern California. I'd like to get booked in Southern California just for the weather alone. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And the street and the street tacos. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a fat girl. I like I like me some good food, so <laughs> All right guys, I'm going to bed. All, All right. right. Hey. Thank you again so very much. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, you have my number now. Give me a call anytime, even just to talk. Uh, just you know, I just I just have been enjoying this time and this conversation that we've had with you. You you two guys are terrific. You really we appreciate you. We appreciate you, and we appreciate your wife that's pushing you to do awesome things. She's <laughs> awesome too. So we we appreciate a yeah. good woman behind a good man. So thank you. You're welcome, hey, sweetheart. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Have uh, a wonderful evening, guys. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you guys. Thank you, Matt. Bye bye now. Thank you. Oh my Holy gosh. Cow. Wow. What an yeah. awesome what an awesome guy and what an awesome scoop that that we got about yeah. Snoop Dogg and wow, the candy tangerine man. That's that's yeah. amazing cuz that's yeah. that's a great movie. The the original was amazing and I can't wait to see the uh the uh, remake with Snoop Dogg. That that be that's going to be hot. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, this is just, I mean, you know, I mean, the fact that, uh, the fact that he broke that here, 
know, I mean, we've we've had a, we've had a lot of things happen over the years on on these airwaves, Jess, where we've had some uh, some surprise uh, things, you know told to us on the air but wow i mean this is i mean that's that's huge that's huge we just got told about a you know a you know a major, major motion a, picture <laughs> yes yeah yes a remake of a cult classic with hell oh, one of the one of the hottest stars in all of entertainment, not just yo know, not just yeah. not just rap, but entertainment in and of itself. Oh, yeah. That's just like wow. Oh, holy Yeah, he's cow. my favorite cooking show host. I mean, you know, because he and he and Martha Stewart have a cooking show together, which is just hilarious. You know, like so, like he's just. He has marketed himself as his own brand. I mean, you know, he is, he is, he's almost a uh, modern icon, if you will. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it it absolutely, it absolutely is. Um, I'm just. And you know, I was absolutely shocked to hear he was 83. He's so uh, just with it he's, and on it and active and going for 83. That's amazing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, he's vibrant, um, just really, oh, just right there, right there. Um, and, then right, well, in good, and then he's yeah. in good with the, uh, you know, vice president of CBS records being, or CBS, Television being that if that's his wife, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> what, exactly. what an awesome thing that is. So yeah, no, it's like it was just it was a great interview. It was a great. He was awesome. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. While we're while we've uh, still got airtime, um, we're gonna break we're gonna break uh, some more news here because, uh, well, uh, we got word of a uh, um, one uh, request for a release. And we'll talk about that just in a second. But uh, this is just uh, coming across the wires that um, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, Chucky e. T, um, are going to be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling after the New Beginning USA Tour shows. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now, now Beretta had been now Beretta himself had been offered a uh, big deal, which would have uh, kept him tied into New Japan for the next five years, which he turned down. Wow! And, and the expectations are they are going to be signing with those three letters AEW. That's impressive. Yep. That's yep. that's amazing. See, and I'm and just then, hoping uh, to get to New Japan. That's where I am because I want to eat sushi every day. That's where I want to go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and then this one. Now this, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised my friend Andrew did not send this over to me uh, uh, via Instagram today because uh, because the source on this one is um, Fightful.com, but. Um, the report is that uh, um, Kenta Kobayashi, a.k.a. Hideo Itami, has asked 
for his release from WWE. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy, uh, this is just stirring up the pot all the way around. I love right. it. I mean, I'm absolutely, I am absolutely thrilled with a new a new game coming in into this, you know, a new a new company coming in and just stirring the pot because right. honestly right. it's making everybody step up their content, step up their game and it's it's gonna it's gonna freshen everybody's step. And I love the fact that I, I obviously obviously, you know, we didn't talk about this last night, but obviously, you know, at the Royal Rumble, they were making people take off shirts that had AEW on it because right. they obviously like that was a that was a story that broke. They were making people take their shirts off, turn them inside out because they didn't want that advertised at all. And so obviously, it's making a huge wave and causing you know. Quite controversy, oh, yeah. and I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, love I it. mean, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. I I don't think I don't think Vince has been this nervous in probably a good uh, fifteen years or more since the nineties um, when WCW was beating them on a regular basis on Monday nights and that. Now, as far as as far as Kobayashi goes. I'm not, I'm not myself. This is just me, okay? So this is just my opinion. I'm not necessarily convinced that he's going to even stay in the States, let alone sign with AEW. I would not Fair be enough. surprised if he does not go ahead and go back and, uh, and re-sign with uh, New Japan. <clears throat> now, well, the one thing, of course... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It just, it's, with everybody, it's like blowing a whistle and everybody swapping places. And it's giving, it's it's mixing up the rosters all the way around. And with with a lot of people going to AEW, it gives uh, hope to those of us on the independent circle that maybe we can make it up to that level. Or, you know, it, there's just right. so much... It's just it's just amazing. It's it's like cuz usually they don't have this much until people start retiring and then when people start retiring that's when they start drawing from the lower, you know, from other categories. So the fact that right. this is just it's amazing and it's 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 an right. exciting time to be a part of wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. It's it's absolutely. I mean, when you sit there and you think in you know in the last in the last few years, okay, um, let's let's look let's look at the companies who have made inroads here into the U.S. Um, I mean, of course, our American-based companies, uh, WWE, um, Impact, Ring of Honor, okay. Right. Then New Japan decide to decides to uh break into the American market and that. Um Progress Wrestling out of uh out of Scotland has uh been 
has has made has made a couple of tours through the U.S. and um, and they and they're and they are selling out. You know, they're selling out good size, mid size arenas. Um, you know, they're not they're not to the point yet where they could sell out like say a Sears Center, like All In did, but um, middle middle of the road um, type uh, facilities like where you get uh, 1,500, 2,000 people, they're here in the States. They are selling those buildings out. Like I say, they've been through, that's they've done a couple of tours. real money. Okay. That's right. still real money. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and, of course, uh, too, with that, um, you know, they, they are allowed to have um, the uh, WWE UK – contracted uh, people uh, at least they were able to I don't know now with the uh, fact that uh, they've uh, put a performance center in Great Britain um, whether or not that is uh, the case anymore but uh, you could but you could go to a progress show and you could see like a uh, um, a um, a Tony or a Pete Dunn uh, That's awesome. Some of, you know, or or well, he was still he was still independent at the time, um, and uh, his uh, first his first uh, WWE UK um, appearance uh, aired tonight, and uh, that is uh, Walter. But right. uh, you know, I mean, you could, I mean, you were able to see these. You know, you're you're able to see these guys on uh, in progress, and. Progress is running through running through the U.S. and that um, you know there so it's the you know it's starting it's starting to become the business is starting to become competitive again and that's awesome this I love this I love this I mean you know um, when I was when I was doing a uh, um, a um, Saturday afternoon public access show on cable. Um, there were actually times that, uh, my, um, co-host and I, we actually would broadcast, um, we would actually record live at, uh, at a local bar, um, not too far from me on a Monday night. And so what we would do is we'd make a, we'd make a big party out of it. And that, um, we had a guy who would, uh, run the DJ booth and that, and, uh, they had the big, uh, theater screen and the projector and that. So, um, we would do, we would do our show. We would tape our show. And then, um, right after that, um, we have, you know, we would, well, whichever one was, uh, on at the time, uh, originally it was, uh, raw, but then, uh, later it became nitro. Uh, we would have, we would, put that on and we'd all sit there and eat and drink and, and watch, uh, and watch nitro on the, uh, on the large, uh, theater type screen and that. And I think we're going to be getting back to that type of, uh, type of situation again. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I love this. I love this. It's just, it's just absolutely, it's just absolutely fabulous. Um, 
So, um, you know what, Jess, we're actually just going to stick to uh, to time tonight. So um, you don't have to worry about worry about refreshing. We're just you know, okay. when it when it comes when it comes towards the uh, top of the hour, we'll just go ahead. I'll uh, I'll shut it down here, and and you know, and we'll take it and we'll take it home, and that. Um, but uh, it's you know, there's, it's a um, it's you know, like I say, we're we're getting we're getting back into that golden age. Oh, um, I it's mean, of amazing, course, and the, wrestling is exciting again. I mean, like the amount of independent yeah. and quality independent shows that are being ran right now versus right. the national scene. I mean, it's it's really wrestling is coming of age again, which is great. I mean, that that's it's about yeah. time, and and exactly. it, and it, and I love that there is new blood because it is absolutely. You know, they're they're having to, you know, worry about yeah. content. They're having to refresh. They're having to do, you know, new instead of the same old to- uh, tired storylines. They're actually having to come up with new and exciting things, or you know, use. Instead of using the same tired, and don't get me wrong, I, 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 the main roster is amazing, but there's so many people that are not on the main roster that are amazing too, that are are right. being introduced finally, and it's and it's awesome, yep. you know, it's it's right. good. Right. Well, because like we like we talked about uh, last night, okay, you know. When uh, when when they handed Lacey Evans a mic to open the Women's Royal Rumble, and right. that that uh, that tell that tells you that tells you something uh, about uh, what Vince is what Vince is thinking about this about this young woman and that. Um, and then it uh, and then it was announced. Well, um, they've added uh, two uh, former stars. Uh, Back to the company as uh, producers, um, Shane Helms, aka Hurricane, nice. most recently has been uh, doing work with uh, Ring of Honor, and Sean Devari. And Very awesome. Of course, uh, yeah, uh, I I worked uh, I worked on a show with uh, his brother Aria um, with Rikishi on it. Um, Several, you know, several, you know, just a few years back, <laughs> and that. Um, but uh, it's, you know, like I say, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of the, uh, you know, the the good the good stuff, and that. Um, I mean, you know, uh, we talk we talk about, you know, I mean, you know, Matt was talking about with uh, the uptick in uh, in the women's shows and that. Of course, uh, you know. Um, Friday night, uh, the second episode of Wow airs on Access TV. Which that's course, awesome, uh, and I can't wait David for it. Blaine, you know that's uh, that was that was uh, you know that's his that's his that's his baby, and that. Um, and I and love now, that that's airing because that is forcing WWE to put women back 
in the spotlight because for a while they pushed the women away. And so I love the fact that they're they're having to do that. Does that make sense? Like it became very oh, yeah. male-driven and now all of a sudden the women are back on WWE and it has to do in fact that you know, Glow is getting ready to, you know, pop again, and there's WoW, and there's, you know, all this other right. stuff going on, and 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 it's it's you know, women women have a, have a place in wrestling, right. and it's not just right. some cute little valet walking to the, you know, ring with somebody. There's there's actually yeah, a valid place for women in wrestling. So right. it's it's well, amazing. I mean, and think and think about this right now, Jess. Who is the biggest star in WWE right at this point? It's not Brock Lesnar. It's not Seth Rollins. Well, I'm I'm torn between three. I'm torn between three. It would be either Charlotte or um, Ronda Rousey or um, the man, you know, like uh, those, it, those three, in is. my opinion, stand Becky, out as the biggest, Becky is, you know. Right. Becky right now is the biggest star and the hottest star that Vince McMahon has, followed by, followed by Ronda, followed by Charlotte. Yeah. In that, as far as I, I am I, concerned, and again, this is my opinion, but I'm basing it on, on crowd reactions in that order. I mean, you know, I mean, I sit there and I and I pop and I pop onto uh, onto Becky's Twitter to see you know, what uh, what types of uh, you know things she says and what types of responses she's getting. And I mean, my gosh, it's just it's just it's absolutely amazing, you know, the response that uh, that she gets, uh, the response that her pictures get. Through uh, various uh, people on Instagram, when somebody well, posts up a Becky picture, boom. She's absolutely just fantastically gorgeous, but then she's also fantastically talented, and she's a great mouthpiece when she speaks. You know, people listen, and so like she absolutely has staying power and star power, and you know, like. So I'm absolutely thrilled that Charlotte, Becky, and Rhonda, all three, have such, you know, major, major roles in WWE because, like I said, there was a while that they were pushing women away and making it very male-dominated, which is fine because that's your target demographic. But right. men like seeing beautiful women out there too. So, and 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 being beautiful women, I'm I'm okay. So I am not a size two. So I am very thrilled at seeing a beautiful woman such as Nia Jax, who is not a size two, out there oh, kicking ass mm-hmm. and getting appropriate screen time. And I I am thrilled. You know you know I'm absolutely thrilled right. that. It's not because being Hollywood and being being so much of the entertainment industry, we are force fed of what a beautiful woman is, and a beautiful woman is a size two with a perfect body. And here is Nia Jax, who is absolutely a beautiful woman and a powerhouse, 
and an absolute badass for competing in the men's Royal Rumble, you know, so like I am absolutely thrilled for what that's doing for women as far as, I mean, I think it, I think it's a very empowering woman, not only as strength, but empowering all body sizes in women because unfortunately we as a society have shamed women that if they are not perfect bodies, they are not, they are not okay. Which is amazing. I mean, uh, yeah. And, and I've, and I've sat here and I've, and I've said it before. I mean, yeah, I'm a married guy, but, uh, Hey, I got a, I got a thing for Naya. I mean, uh, let's put it this way. If I, if I had the opportunity, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. I would. I would. I would go for it. I'm. I'm no lucky question. that my partner likes thick girls. So like he's he's a he's an Ajax fan too. So you know like <laughs> he he likes yeah. he likes the he likes the meat to keep him warm. It's cold in the Midwest. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, you know, I've always I've always said um, this is this is my this is my thing. I've always said that. Uh, when I put my arm around a girl's waist, I don't want my hand coming back and punching me in the stomach. So Exactly. <laughs> and you know, and I'm pretty sure my I'm pretty sure my man is he he doesn't the meat is for the dog or the meat is for the man, the bone is for the dog. But he also is is okay with a woman that has his back in a bar fight. You know that's that's what he's always said. So you know he wants a, he wants a stout, sturdy girl that you know can have his back in a bar fight if need be. So yeah, well there you go, there you go. Um, now uh, on you know one of those other interesting little things that uh, kind of uh, gets a, gets a tease here, and that is that. Um, Jim Ross uh, has uh, um, talked about on his uh, Ross Report podcast. He says, um, there are a lot of big things on the horizon. I'll leave you with that. There are so many rumors out there. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. All I can tell you is this. I'm not keeping any secret. My contract with WWE is up at the end of March. What happens after that is not up to me entirely. It takes two to tango on any front you go to. So all I know is I'm not worried about any of it. I'm not worried about how I'm going to get my groceries in 2019. All is good. Life is good. It's going to be an amazing year. Huge things on the horizon. I've got a feeling. I really believe that for all of us, and no better time than in our lifetime to be a wrestling fan. Wow, so, that's very. So somebody's that's, courting him. Somebody is courting him. I, I. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, I mean, the persistent rumor is that, um, that the voices, uh, that uh, will be on, um, AEW TV will be Jim Ross, and um, former TNA commentator, the Professor Mike Tanay. Nice. So, yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk about TNA when we were talking about you know like uh that they're they're still in the in the game with everybody as well. So you know. Right, 
Right. Well, they're. I mean, um, well, they've actually they've they've got they've got another event um, that uh, they're gonna that they're gonna have uh, coming up here um, a special for next month that uh, um, will be that's uh, that's going to be called uh, Uncaged, which will be Friday, February fifteenth in uh, Mexico City, and uh, the, and the the main event is going to be. Brian Cage versus Johnny Impact for the uh, Impact uh, World Title. Nice. So, um, so that's this, that's so amazing. That's, that's I mean, you know, it's a, just it's just an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. It's an exciting time to be a a worker and a a, a, a wrestler. It's it's just exciting. It's I mean, there's so much going on and there's so much. Like, my Facebook feed is full constantly of just comments about AEW and and all of that. And it's just, I can't wait. I right. I can't wait to see what they come through with. And and I and I hope that they they come out of the shoot with a bang. You know, I just, I, I yep. know that they will. I mean, you oh, know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The young, well, know, here's, another, here's another one, too. Um Eddie Kingston is announcing that 2019 year is going to be his last year. He's going really? to be retiring at the end of this year. Um, mm. And I mean, Eddie's been Eddie's been around uh, since uh, 2002. Chikara, uh, Combat Zone, Ring of Honor, Jersey right. All Pro, IWA Mid South, um, and he's also he's also one of those uh, unsung heroes. Um, of the industry because he is another um, person who deals with uh, depression, with clinical depression on a daily basis. So, hmm. oh, he, so he has, you know, managed to, you know, stay on top, stay on top of the battle, and has been able to fight through and go ahead and work and entertain a crowd. So, which. So kudos to him I, on that. I hope one day we can do a show about actual depression and what really happens between, you know, all of the, you know, there, there is a real stigma right. about mental illness exactly. and and it, it it's right. it's a real thing that's happening in in our industry as as well as other industries. But I mean, you have, you have most people who live as one name and jump in a ring as another name. And, you know, like as our, as ourselves, we deal with all these battles. And then when we jump in the ring, people see us as these, you know, unstoppable forces. But the reality is we fight these demons and we don't tell anybody right. about them. Right, exactly. Well, that's, I mean, you know, because, uh, you know, when, when I talked about the uh, Lars Sullivan um, story, some of the comments that were on the, from, some of the, from some of the readers on Wrestling News Source, the, uh, the bullying and harassment just really, really, I just, it's like, it's like, you know, you don't understand because you, don't live 
through it. You're you're call you're calling a you're calling a man weak and that because he's got he's got you know, a condition and that and also, you know, the fact that he's openly, you know, talked about the issue or at least had somebody talk about it for him and that. Right. You know, and that's really and that's really that's really scary. That's really scary. Well, and that it is, and it's terrible because most people don't understand. I, I mean, I only know the life of an independent wrestler, but uh, you know, you spend, you know, three hundred out of three hundred sixty-five days away from your family. You, you know, you travel an insane amount of miles. You deal with people who either, you know hate you or love you but you know they don't know you they only know your persona and I mean it's a lonely life you miss birthdays you miss Mother's Day you miss you know you miss deaths in family you miss you miss Christmas I mean you know my partner and I had shows all through Christmas I, I talked to you all through that and on top of that we were we were sicker than a dog. We had you know pneumonia, and here we are still driving thirty six hundred miles, doing shows, mm-hmm. and you know missing our families, and you know eating eating out of truck stops, and you know right. it, just sleeping and <laughs> sleeping in hotels, and not you know not our own beds, and just. You know, right. it, it's it's a life. Or, it's a life that most people yeah. don't understand. Right, exactly. Or you know, what I've what I've done on the way back, napping, napping, taking little naps in the gas station parking lots, and that. So you yeah, get because you didn't back. get paid, you didn't get paid, and you can't afford a hotel, so you're going and buying or a loaf of bread and some ham the next day. <laughs> And you have to, exactly. and you have to get back home. So, all right. Well, exactly. I'll tell you what, we're uh, we're heading up to the uh, to the uh, end of the two hour time, and I know y'all, you're gonna drop uh, if we don't uh, let it run. So, uh, once again, thanks to everybody who listened uh, tonight. Don't forget, we will be right back here in the ER uh, Tuesday night for uh, Tuesday night turmoil. Uh, live at uh, 10, with 9 the Central full family. Time. Right. Uh, and then uh, we'll see who we get back for next week. So uh, on behalf of uh, Katie and Sean, I am the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, along with my co-host. I am Mouse Mayhem, a.k.a. Jess Blue. And you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yep. All right. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and now of course my my studio is messing up. So this, so I don't know if we'll be able to get our music in or not. I'm hoping. Let's see what happens here. It was here. an awesome show. High five across the studio, my brother. We had a great yep. night tonight. Right. Right back, right back at you, right back at you, and uh, yep, there we go. You know what time it is. You can you can go where you want, but you can't stay here. Turn off the lights. Get out of here. <laughs>
Some other beginning and